before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Welcome to October. We've got football in full swing, the start of basketball and hockey season, and of course, baseball playoffs. <laughs> oh, it's wild card weekend. Let's go Padres. Bet Online has you covered for all of the action this October. You can sign up with our promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. morning hello good morning walter hey kyle how was the sacramento kings debut oh it was fun uh we got to we got to have a former player in the studio doing the pregame show and we got to watch them i guess they beat the lakers not that that matters a whole bunch with the preseason but that was cool uh they interviewed keegan murray after the game so it was pretty cool I thought, I thought it was a cool first experience. Excellent. Happy to hear it, man. Yeah, I think that's going to be the most fun. Obviously, I was doing Oakland A's for three months or so. I think this is going to be more fun than doing the Oakland A's, I think, for the, uh, for the next few months. Okay. Well, it's all good, man. I, I defer to you first and foremost, because I know there's a lot of different stuff that we found interesting so far. And there's one, there's one thing I'll bring up later, but what do you find interesting through the 23.6% start of the NFL season? <laughs> Lots of fun games. Boy, uh, the uh, red zone channels on fire at the end of the first games. I mean, so many uh, close games and wild finishes. Uh, very exciting. Um, the parody is just how the NFL wants it. I mean, uh, it's really tough to pick games versus a spread, if anyone's been noticing that. Um, I have a competition on Revenge of the Birds. It's a pick three versus the spread each week, and you get a point if you win. Um you know, any of those three games. And then we add up the, we keep adding up the points week to week. And after four, uh, four games, I have, I've picked, um, of course, four times three is 12 games and I have five wins. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did an O for one week, um, picked three games and, and two of those games, I was leading the whole game and then lost at the end because of these fantastic finishes. Um, you know, it's just great. I mean, it's great for the NFL. Um, it's very exciting football. And, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, it's this time of year and um, the fans are back and full droves. And, oh, man, it's really exciting. Yeah, I'm with you for sure. It, it's been a wild start to the season, which I assume is just because there is so much parity this season. Like, it feels like I know the, the five teams that are really good and then everyone else is similar to each other. And so all of these games are, are either ending as one possession games or at the, or down to the wire one possession games. And this weekend, something weird happened. This, this one that just passed where the NFL set up a bunch of games against teams that were similar in skill set to each other. 
yeah. like uh, Titans Colts. They do different things, but those teams are pretty similar <laughs> when it comes right. to the, their roster construction. The the Jets and the Steelers, same thing. The uh, uh, the the Broncos and the Raiders. Those teams, they do different things, but they're very similar in roster construction. And uh, I felt like last week was a lot of that. And even the ones that weren't like, uh, you know, the Washington and Dallas, Dallas won by basically two touchdowns, which is, you know, probably about the gap between those two teams or 10 points or whatever it is. And uh, felt like last week they set up the scheduling well where – teams that were of similar ilk ended up playing each other and all those games were close. Yeah, indeed. I mean, um, and the New York teams. Wow. I mean, that's pretty cool uh, for New Yorkers. I mean, they've been down for years now. And, uh, but uh, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, I've been playing pretty well and, you know they're two and two, and the Giants are three and one. So, you know it's uh, New Yorkers are are uh, loving it right now. Giants fans can find hope in the future, but uh, <laughs> I'm proud of myself for coming up with this one the other day, which is that uh, Giant Giants fans this season should not be thinking about WL in terms of wins and losses. Their WL is Will Levis. Those are the W's and L's they should be focused on at this point in the season because <laughs> eventually, eventually they're going to come down to earth. They're going to finish with either a top ten pick or semantics. They finish with eleven or twelve, and uh, they, they're in the game for picking up their next quarterback. And maybe it's not in the draft, but they did draft a wide receiver from Kentucky last year. So maybe the game plan in this world of receivers with chemistry is to just build up the Kentucky Wildcats offense in New York. Well, see, I, I just think so many things could happen when you have good coaching in a team that starts to believe. So I'm not conceding anything. I know you and I have had um, talks about the Atlanta Falcons and, um, (laughs) you know, I'm a real huge fan of Arthur Smith and uh, he's got some, things going on there you know you wouldn't think it but uh if it's if it's you know if there's any question of teams tanking for you know bryce young or cj stroud we haven't seen it yet um so um you know at all i think that everyone's encouraged i mean i think what the bengals did last year you know going from worst to first and, uh, you know, making it all the way to the Super Bowl gives everybody hope. I mean, you, if you just get your team on a roll and, you know, the, the Bengals had some glaring flaws. Um, that offensive line was one of the, you know, um, shakiest in the league. And um, But when you get make timely plays and, uh, you know, and you've got a team that starts believing and gets a little bit of a swag, and gets in a groove, a preparation groove, you know, a lot of things can happen. And, you know, I, I, that's why I, at this point, I wouldn't count anyone out, or particularly uh, some of the upstart teams that are showing up every week, like the Falcons. I mean, they've shown up every week. Yeah, and they should be 3-1. and one. I mean, they, they blew that lead against the Saints that would have put them at 3-1 and one at this point, which – 
uh, again, would be remarkable for Atlanta, given that, one, Kyle Pitts isn't playing well, and two, the Atlanta Falcons don't have a roster that would be, on paper, able to compete. And, and I think that those teams, eventually the, the pack will kind of even itself out over a longer sample size. Obviously, the Falcons now lose Cordero Patterson, and that's going to hurt the way that they, they move the ball on offense, especially yeah. because uh, last week I saw the stat that uh, after Mariota threw that interception, Arthur Smith called 14 consecutive run plays after after yeah. Mariota threw one pick. So I don't think even they are looking at Mariota and saying this is a, a quarterback where we're building a system. I, I'm sure Desmond Ritter will come in at some point for them. And uh, I mean, credit to Atlanta so far. I, I, I just know that these teams – Eventually, the NFL evens out, but if you're a team that's in that three and one, two and two space right now, and you're you're overachieving, it's something to be excited about and build off of because it means uh, you're you're not the Texans, <laughs> and, and that's yeah. a good place to be in. Yeah, and you know, even the Texans, I liked a lot of what the, you know they got Stingley now. I mean, they these younger teams that you know have been getting good drafts. You know, they too. I mean, I, I like the young quarterback, Davis. Uh, I He's not off to the kind of start yet that I thought he could, you know, he could um, pull off. But uh, but they play hard and, you know, they've been in games and, and uh, they've got a sneaky, decent roster, in my opinion. Um, you know, I would... You know, I think they're going to upset a few people along the yeah, way. According to according to Football Outsiders, they have like the 19th ranked defense so far this season, which is yeah. not terrible. It's just no, that it's they not, also have right. the 32nd ranked offense. Yeah, no, I, yep, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, they've they got some pieces, and you know, it's building on them. They've got to get healthy again but uh on both sides of the ball I think they've got some key guys out but uh but yeah I mean I wouldn't expect them to you know win a majority of games that's for sure but I think that they'll be very competitive with Lovey Smith and um Lovey Smith's a good defensive coach and um you know if they can get their offense going a little bit but you know they shocked the tech, the Titans last year, and others. So it's not going to be an easy game. The other thing is, uh, it's great to see the Jaguars um, making a move. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence has looked very good um, mm-hmm. in his sophomore season, so that's encouraging for them. Their defense is very fast, um, and. Uh, you know they they had a tough game uh, against the Eagles, but uh, down the stretch, I mean, they, in the beginning, it looked like they were going to really pull away from the Eagles. But uh, Eagles got back in it and went past them at the end. But uh, you know that's a fun team to watch. I mean, Travis Etienne, you know how much I love him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, Christian Kirk living up to a eight nineteen million a year contract. So far, um, you know, and they, they've got some pieces. And I, really I didn't like get a chance piece. to shout this out yesterday. Two touchdowns, Jamal Agnew on Sunday. Shout out Jamal Agnew 
Point Loma High School, only player from my high school in the NFL, scored two touchdowns for the Jaguars in a loss. But I always want to shout out Jamal Agnew when he does good stuff. <laughs> yeah, Jamal Agnew. He's a baller. <laughs> yeah, San Diego. All the yeah, way. Jamal Agnew. Right. Oh, exactly. Oh, I see where you're going. Oh, he's the only player in the NFL. There was another player on the practice squad, but he's the only player in the NFL who went to my high school. So all the way with Jamal Agnew for me. (laughs) Anytime he does something good, I get excited. That's me too. Yeah. Yeah. Jacksonville's been so cool, cool so far. And I, I know that it's the AFC South and I know like whoever gets in will probably lose right away, but I, Jacksonville's like trying to just put stability around Trevor Lawrence and, and they have a stable defense where they have, you know, two really good players in Allen and, and Trayvon Walker. And it's enough to be a decent football team when you just give them stability and you give them uh, uh, I know Doug Peterson's the play caller, but when you give them Mike McCoy as a quarterback's coach, it's incredible how it looks not as awful as what the Jaguars have been the last two years. Mm. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I like Jacksonville, and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm in on Trevor Lawrence just because uh, he's just so good, and he was projected to be this great quarterback, and I want to see him flourish, even if it's going to be spending the next ten years in Jacksonville. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a. It's a program moving in the right direction now. So in a division that's wide open, I'm very surprised at the Colts not playing as well as they really could. And particularly on defense, uh, I thought they'd be stronger than this. And Matt Ryan's been turning the ball over, unfortunately. Now, a lot of that isn't his fault. I mean, he's getting um, sacked, you know, strip sacked um, more than you want. And, um, yeah, but then he's battled back in games and, and uh, you know, brought them back. And, you know, Matt Ryan, he's going to play 60 minutes as hard as he can. And But also, it just reminds – it should remind people that it's you, – you, on paper, it looks great when you have a really good quarterback go to a new team, particularly a veteran like Matt Ryan. But getting acquainted – with not only the different players you're going to be throwing to now, but also learning the new offense and the nuances and the, the nomenclature. I mean, it's uh, of the play calls and um, it takes typically time for, for uh, those elements to cohere. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that with some, some players you know, Mariota's picked it up pretty quickly in, in uh, with the Falcons, but, uh, Matt Ryan's not been as quick to pick up the nuances of that offense. And now, now it makes you wonder, you know, is this, is this more a fault of the offensive coaches? Cause they've, you know, you know how it went with Carson Wentz who actually had put up good numbers last year. If you look at them, they're, they were good numbers, but in key situations turned the ball over and, and uh, did not come through in the clutch. And so far it's, been looked like very similar with Matt Ryan don't you think yeah and the Colts basically could I thought the Colts were going to stick with Carson Wentz just because they weren't going to be able to find better than Carson Wentz but their conclusion was basically 
we just don't want Carson Wentz to be our quarterback for whatever the reasons were. I know he was, he's not a good locker room guy complaints about his coaching. Like they basically just said anything but Carson Wentz. And when Matt Ryan came available, they, they took Matt Ryan. And basically if you follow the way that trade went down, they basically gave up Carson Wentz and a third round pick for Matt Ryan, which is, you know, not that much when it comes to like the, the way the trade worked out. So right. I, I guess they just wanted to move off of Wentz and I don't think it makes much of a difference other than they're going to have to keep Matt Ryan for two seasons, just based on the way his contract is set up. And yeah, uh, you know, the, the interesting place the Colts are in now is that it's been five years since uh, Andrew Luck retired, I guess if you want to, go back to the season he didn't play plus 2020 2021 I guess this would be the fourth season um and so all of those competitive advantages they had which was Darius Leonard all pro linebacker on a rookie contract Quentin Nelson all pro guard I mean best offensive guard in football right on a rookie right. contract Kenny Moore picked up off the practice squad rookie contract and he's a stud all those guys have big contracts now, and so that the, the formula of the Colts is not going to look the same as it's been the last four years, and uh, right. you know puts the pressure on the general manager to pivot again in order to right. build a team around those star players. Whereas they had all this money to spend on, say, Philip Rivers or uh, Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan, they they had the money over the years, and. Uh, they won't have that as much, which probably means investing in a either a, a backup in the draft or even a starter in the draft sometime in the future. But I just, I, I just don't know what to do with the Colts. They're just the same Colts team, I guess. And at least now they have Jonathan Taylor, and that will uh, stabilize their offense a little bit more. Yeah, and they really haven't gotten him on track yet, which is. You know, something they really need to do. You know, the other kid, Hines. I mean, they've got they've got pieces. <laughs> they've got players. They do, and, they uh, do. And, you know, that's going to be a wild division good. now. You know, they're all bunched in there now that Jacksonville, Jacksonville is seemingly legit. Um, the Titans had a big win last week, but they're – they got off to a slow start. Um, you know, I don't think there are shoe-ins to repeat. And you got a Colts team that, on paper, I think has the strongest roster in that division. Um, you know, so they're, and then the Texans, uh, you know, they're going to probably be the spoilers at some point, knock a couple of those guys off. So, um, but uh, it's going to be – what's your prediction? Who comes out of that in first place? <laughs> My prediction for the pyramid scheme that is the AFC South is the same that it is every year. Whoever wins will get the four seed. They will lose on a wild card game on ESPN, and that is the AFC South every <laughs> single year. They exist to get the four – they exist to be the four seed in the AFC and lose a wild card game on ESPN, usually at one thirty on a Saturday. Usually at one thirty on a Saturday. It's not always that way, but that entire division exists to just lose a, the lose the wild card game that no one wants to watch. And that's basically what the AFC South exists for. <laughs> 
doesn't matter that all the teams are interchangeable. One year it was the Texans with Brian Hoyer. One year it was the Texans with Brock Osweiler. One year it was the Colts beating the Texans. One year it was Tannehill losing to Lamar Jackson. It's just alternate them in and out, basically. They're, they're all the same, and they will all lose a wild card game on ESPN. Yeah, well, uh, they broke them all last year because they got the number one seed. And, then and what happened after that? <laughs> the Titans, who did Probably. not deserve the number one seed, <laughs> lost in their first playoff game. <laughs> so. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, you, I, those, I'm still I'm you, still upset about that one. The Titans were, were like the sixth best team last year. Yeah, NFC South. You have. <laughs> you have it's my the, fantasy football name. My fantasy football name is AFC South is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. You got yeah. that in a nutshell. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's my I have two strong takes like that. The AFC South is a pyramid scheme, and we should disband the American League Central, and every team should go off into another division where they will all finish fourth place. That is that is my belief is that both of those divisions should not exist. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I'm happy they exist. I like you know. They get a breakout. You you put the stigma on them. Who knows? Uh, this Jacksonville team, you know, if they 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 could possibly um, surprise a number of people this year. I think they've got talent on both sides of the ball, and the coaching is now uh, caught up to the talent. I think. And, uh, yes, you're yeah. absolutely correct. I, I think that uh, this is not a fate that is predetermined. Andrew Luck was able to break the cycle. So if you can get something yeah. in there that breaks like, the cycle, it, Andrew Luck was able to do it. And also Ryan Tannehill for one magical season where the Titans went to the AFC championship game. That's right. That, yep. So it's possible uh, I, to break the cycle. I do. I do get your uh, one o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it's usually on ESPN, and ESPN pays a bunch of money for it. And it's Brock Osweiler, and it's Brian Hoyer, <laughs> and it's Ryan Tannehill, and it's Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> oh, you are funny. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It happened like four times in five years, and and if not for the magic of Andrew Luck. One year it was two AFC South teams. One year it was the Colts and the Texans playing the ESPN wildcard game. And I'm like, yes, this is, this is peak. This is the peak of excellence. One year the Texans were supposed to lose. Remember they played the Bills and they were down 17 nothing at halftime. Yep. And then, you know, Josh Allen lateraled it. That was one where I was like, ah, the Texans, or, or I guess Buffalo didn't hold up their end of the bargain. And I was just like, ah. They almost they almost completed the 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 prophecy once again because they were again playing as the four seed in a wild card game on ESPN for like the fifth time in six years, and yeah. then the, the next year it was the Titans. The Titans were the four seed, lost to Baltimore in the wild card. It happens every year, or at least every other year, with with the AFC South. Yeah, 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 and then now right, the now you know. Um, Bucks are coming down to the, you know, have had an uneven start, and uh, the Saints have not gotten there. 
their offense mm-hmm. um, with some, you know, they miss Kamara, but, uh, you know, that defense of the Saints hasn't quite been as dominant as one would have thought. Um, I had picked the Saints to win that division. Now that looks kind of um, like a, a mistake, um, but it's still early in the year. But then you've got the, you know, the surging Falcons, you know, with that, with Arthur Smith and the way he can utilize tight ends, you've got Pitts and you got the big, tall wide receiver, London, um, who's a, a fact, he's like a tight end wide receiver hybrid. Um, you know, they're, you know, I was thinking, um, let me run this question by you because I've been wondering about this. Uh, uh, who are the three most difficult receivers, wide receivers and tight ends, all included, to cover in the NFL? Who are the? Who would you say are the top three? That's tough because my answer last year would have been different than my answer this year. That's right. So, um. I will go hmm, – I have two, but I'm trying to – the third one I could I could list four or five people. But the two that come to mind right away are Travis Kelsey and Justin Jefferson. Those are the two that come to mind right away. The third one, there's so many different people it could be. Because I'm would. i tempted to go Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, uh, even C.D. Lamb. I, I, I think C.D. Lamb is excellent. Uh, and I, I know the two, I will say Jefferson and Travis Kelsey. Oh, I forgot Tyree Hill too. Uh, I will, I will put down Jefferson and Kelsey as the two for sure. And then the third one, I guess I'll go Devonte Adams. Yeah, I have instead of Adams, um, Tyree Hill. Mm-hmm. So I have, you know, um, Travis Kelsey, number one. That guy is un, uncar, unguardable. It's just mm-hmm. uncanny that no one can cover him. He's just so savvy. He plays leverage like nobody I've ever seen. And he just got it, has a knack for um, sliding open into areas. And he's got a quarterback. You know, he's got, got a root tree that I think is just get open. <laughs> and he's yeah. got a quarterback who can improvise with him. You know, and, and know, you know, can see sort of where where the leverage is each time and deliver him the ball on cue uh, amazingly. I mean, he's just un... I mean, everybody coming into the Chiefs games have to be keying on Kelsey, and yet he makes it look so easy. I mean, look at, look at the game the other night. I mean, it came out on fire, and, you know, they couldn't stop him. And uh, I so... Hats off to him. He is, and plus, he plays so tough. I mean, he doesn't back down to anyone, um, you know. And um, and and then Jefferson is is really becoming an elite, all you know, receiver who's got the whole package. Um, so I think that's a great call there, Kyle. I, I agree with you there. I was thinking between Tyreek and Cooper Cup. And I think that with Tyreek, you always need two guys to cover him. Um, you got to bracket him, and he's he's got not only the f- 
just blazing straight line speed. He's got the wiggle to go with it. Um, uh, he is a force of nature. So, uh, you know, that, but I think, and Adams would be right up there too, although he's, he's, you know, um, not had that great a season yet. So, except for the first game and, um, and, uh, you know, he doesn't have the connection with Carr yet that he's, he had with Aaron Rodgers. And that'll take a little time to work itself out, but, but, uh, Boy, it's a wide receiver and tight end loaded league now. That that uh, you know, with the with the now um, you know stricter enforcement of the arm barring and arm locking by cornerbacks, it's getting flagged. It's uh, made life even um, easier for receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the great strength of Mahomes and a lot of other guys, but specifically Mahomes is that on those plays where he just buys, you know, he, the pocket collapses two and a half seconds after he snaps it and he's able to run around and buy four, five, six more seconds. It's impossible to guard Travis Kelsey for eight seconds. It, it was impossible to guard Terry Hill for eight seconds. And so if you just buy enough time, eventually someone's going to get open and someone's going to make their play. And obviously everyone will point to the like spinning chest pass touchdown Mahomes had against Tampa. But this happens all the time with Mahomes where because he's this gifted athlete and the thing that makes him better than anyone else is just his ability to buy time for these receivers to get open and then having the arm strength to be able to put it to them no matter where, no matter the arm angle and no matter the place on the field. And that's the thing that separates him from everyone else is just it's impossible to guard Travis Kelsey for eight seconds. And if you do guard Kelsey for eight seconds, a running back's going to slip out and, and Pacheco or McKinnon or McCole Hardman is going to be available for a touchdown or a big play. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the thing that separates Mahomes within that offense. It is. Uh, you know, he's dialed in with Kelsey big time. And, you know, people have been wondering how that Chiefs offense is going to do without Tyreek Hill. And so far, I'd say pretty dang well. Um, you know, but they still, they are easier to defend. Um, you know, none of their other acquisitions have really stepped up yet big time. I mean, They've had flash moments like, you know, uh, Valdez Scantling. Um, and uh, I, I saw the stat at the end of the week also that Juju Smith Schuster is uh, second or no, third in the NFL in yard, in receiving yards without a touchdown among receivers. He's okay. behind Tyler, yeah. Tyler Lockett and Deontay Johnson for most yards without scoring a touchdown yet. Well, he's like having a second tight end. So, um, you know, uh, with his size and he plays leverage too. So, you know, we'll go with their running game, but I think that you can, defenses are going to catch on and really sort of stack the box on them um, as the season goes on. And they're going to have to find a way to beat that um, without a deep threat, uh, you know, um, so, but they, but we'll they, they, they're so good at taking the top off of teams that I feel like if people do stack the box that I think they'll, they'd be happy to do it. Obviously they don't have Tyree kill, which is, 
you know, blazing four two nine speed, but like McCole Hardman's fast. Marquez Valdez Scantling can take yeah. the top off of people. It's like I feel like that's I mean, kind of pick your poison, right? But I feel like people yeah. tried to, to to put them in a box and then Kansas City just took the top off of people all the time. Yeah, Hardman is kind of an enigma. I mean, he flashes, but he's not He's not a consistent go-to um, receiver. Uh, I, and we saw him sort of lose his head in the playoffs in that Cincinnati game last year. I don't know if you recall that, but mm-hmm. he was making a big stink on the sidelines at halftime that he wasn't getting the ball. The Chiefs had the lead, and at the time it seemed such a distraction. And it was. I mean, it didn't help. Chiefs lost their focus and uh, wound up losing the game. Um, so, in that second half, they were really dominated. Uh, so, by that Bengal defense, was just very opportunistic. But, and that was mm-hmm. kind of a stunner. But, you know, and the oh, Bills sure. had their way with them, too, um, with that defense. And, uh, so, but they've, what I love about the Chiefs is the, the infusion of draft picks and youth that they've, they've made. And, um, you know, they've done a lot of good drafting and, um, it's, it's showing and they're, they're playing the, which, uh, is always, um, encouraging for the fan base to see. And the, and the youngsters are playing pretty well. Yeah, something that's not happening for the Cardinals <laughs> is that the young players aren't playing. They don't play them, and uh, it's frustrating. You know, the, and particularly when guys, veterans in front of them aren't really playing all that great. Um, so, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it kind of, I mean, some of these guys have, played all their lives and now are standing on sidelines contemplating their future. You know, it's, it's a tricky dynamic with young players. Um, You know, you've, you got to throw them a bone or they they can just get totally demoralized and depressed. And uh, yeah, I mean, Kansas city does it great in terms of finding value. I mean, that's their thing is that they, they, you know, when they have the quarterback and the tight end and the left guard and the Chris Jones on those big contracts, they, they've been great at finding value within the margins, whether it's uh, Nick Bolton, Legereus Sneed, uh, what's his name? Watson had the pick six against the Chargers. He's like a seventh round or undrafted guy. Uh, you love yeah. Pacheco and what he's done as a seventh round pick. Like they're, they're good at finding those people and putting them in, in positions to succeed, which is, you know, Kansas city kind of follows that Alabama model a little bit of they, they put people in positions to succeed. And because of that, that's where they can find this value within the margin is the, these players when surrounded by other great players and an organization that supports them, succeed in places where they otherwise might not have. Yeah. I mean, look at this draft. Trent McDuffie, who I loved coming in. Yeah. I mean, he played really well against the Cardinals until he uh, slipped and 
pulled a hamstring. Or, um, he's out for a little while. But George Karlaftis, the D-end, he's jumped right in there and made his presence felt. He's been very good. Sky Moore, who I think was an absolute steal at 54, pick 54. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Once, once Hardman leaves in free agency this offseason, they'll just slide Sky Moore into the wide receiver three spot. Yeah. Or two. Um, and he's got wheels. So then Brian Cook, the safety, they're getting good play out of him. Leo Chanel, I got another guy I liked a lot. They, I think he was a steal at 103. He's a versatile linebacker from Wisconsin. You know, he's a thumper and um, and an athlete. Good, really good pass rusher uh, from the inside and from the edge too. Um, and then of course Jalen Watson, who's been the huge surprise, seventh round pick, and and Isaiah Pacheco. Um, Boy, that kid is a baller. Uh, he runs like every play is his, you know, most important play ever. Um, he is something else. Wow. Uh, what a steal for seventh round. So, and, and if you notice, they're playing him, giving him a lot of snaps early now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not just a, you know, he's, he's getting the touches uh, game all game long in and out between Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, um, who I always liked. He's so good in that it's hard to find that kid and he's pesky and he's tough. And, um, you know, they got, they got, these guys were all draft picks. You know, Bolton was a great pick. Willie Gay, mm-hmm. Um, was a great pick the year before, although now he's in trouble. But uh, but you know they've they've steadily picked up pieces that that you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, Legarius Sneed as a fourth round pick as a rookie had two picks in a playoff game. And Sneed exactly. So they know how to find them, and they know how to treat them and play them and get them in there. And I think that's a really um, great model to follow and you know, you're pulling, you're you're infusing your team with young fresh legs and, and enthusiasm and it's great for the fans that was something that i said last year once uh the the trade went down where I, with terry kill where i'm like i'm just gonna bet on the packers and chiefs historically find better organizational value than say the dolphins and the raiders yeah. But that's just kind of based on precedent. Like draft picks by nature as soon draft picks are kind of like uh and I hate comparing this cuz they're people, but draft picks are kind of like cars in the sense that as soon as you drive it off the lot the value goes down. Yeah. But the reason that, the reason those draft picks have such high value is the possibility of you picking the next DeAndre Hopkins at 27. The possibility of you getting TJ Watt at 30 the possibility of you getting Justin Jefferson at 21 or, you know, right. Derrick Henry in the second round. That's the reason right. those picks have so much value is the possibility of you getting the next great star. And then after you've That's made right. the pick, that immediately goes down in value because, you know, as great as Rashad Bateman is, Rashad Bateman's first round pick was worth, 
you know, a, a what would what could you have gotten for a wide? I mean, Stefan Diggs was traded for a first round pick. So like the reason that was the case was the possibility of finding the next Stefan Diggs, yeah. which Rashad Bateman's very good, but he's not the next Stefan Diggs. So as soon as you make that pick, that value, the value of that pick goes down. So, you know, Kansas City's great success is that they turned the Tariq Hill trade into Karloffis plus trading a first round pick for Orlando Brown and uh, they picked McDuffie and they, I mean, not all of them are going to hit, but if they find value on a few of them, then it it helps balance out that team. And, you know, they can just get rid of Tyran Matthew. They can get rid of Tyreek Hill. They can get rid of um, who's the defensive player. I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, what's his name? Trevarius Ward. You know, three of yeah. their biggest players of the the last four years of the dynasty, they can they can move off of them and still be okay right away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they're playing the draft pick game, and I mean it's working. But it also <laughs> the thing I said about their offense is when you have the greatest quarterback I've ever seen and the greatest offensive coach in the history of the NFL, that's a pretty good starting place whenever you're building a team. Wow, those are some some superlatives I haven't heard much. You think, yeah? Wow, Mahomes is the greatest quarterback you've ever seen. Mahomes is the most talented quarterback I've ever watched play football. Andy wow. Reid, the only comp is is Bill Walsh, and I'm giving it to Andy Reid based on a track record of success, longevity okay. for Andy Reid. Yeah, is the, no. is the bonus for that. Wow, that's a, that's a you know. Lofty um, assessment. Lofty praise. I, I, I yes. mean, I, and, uh, I think Mahomes is just awesome too. But I, I, I don't know if he'd be in my top five of the quarterbacks I've ever seen. But well, um, you've seen a lot more than I have. <laughs> I, I have. Uh, <laughs> you, you've watched a lot more football than I have. I, I've got, I've got Tom Brady. I've got Aaron Rodgers. I've got. The, the end of Peyton Manning's career, but God, I used to hate Peyton Manning as a child. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I've got Patrick Mahomes and, uh, yep. you know, I, I, hey, I have I... a personal love for Patrick Mahomes, of course, because he yeah. brought me back into football. So, you know, oh, good. acknowledging that I, uh, well, without I, him, you wouldn't be here then. All right. I'll take it. Yeah. I also have, uh, for the last four years had an outstanding point. That's like, the Chiefs are going to win 15 AFC West titles in 16 years. And I feel the most confident about that one. And they're six for six. They're going to be seven for seven this year. And I think they're going to dominate that division. Even with Justin Herbert being in it, they're going to dominate that division the same way the Patriots (laughs) dominated the AFC East. (laughs) And that will be the testament to the greatness of the Chiefs because... (laughs) <laughs> the the greatest four-year run of football since the early 2000s Patriots. They then threw up at the end against the Bengals and ruined, you know, what could have, should have, would have been four straight Super Bowl appearances. Well, I think your old team, the Chadges, might have a little something to say about the history you're predicting. Just just an FYI. I think the they chat got, is... I, I gave myself leeway. I gave them one. I said 15 and 16 years. <laughs> there will be one. I get one oh. year. Oh. The oh, Chargers good. get one. 
Good Chargers for you. Chargers get one this decade. They, okay. All right. <laughs> which, which, in fairness, there was never a Justin Herbert against. Uh, there was never a Justin Herbert against Tom Brady in the in the AFC East. It was every team rolling out with Fitzpatrick, and uh, I, yeah. I think Justin Herbert will be that great separator because he's so good at football. Not this year; the whole team's injured. But one of these years, the Chargers are going to get him for whatever yeah. the reasons may be. One of these years, the Chargers will get him, and uh, uh, I have a feeling it will be more than that. But we'll see. Um, yeah. We'll see. So, I like the way the Chargers are building this thing. The QB is special. Um, he is a baller, and uh, what a talent! Yeah, the Chargers can live in that space that uh, Russell Wilson was living in for the last six years, which is going to lose the division to the Niners, or lose the division to the Rams, or lose the division to the Cardinals, but always end up in the wild card. Yeah. The space the Chargers reside in is make the playoffs every year, but always be a wild card team. Uh, you you are big on these always predictions today. That's really something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. Well, maybe get the Chargers will be the perennial one o'clock team that beats the AFC South team. Maybe. I, I, <laughs> that'll, that's what that'll I thought was going to your... happen this year. <laughs> <laughs> That'll, I thought that'd be a yeah, double winner for you uh, if you're predicting that. I it won't happen every year, but I mean, Kansas City's just Kansas City is the Patriots all over again, and I don't know why we don't appreciate that fact. Because the greatest thing I can say about Bill Belichick is that he's the greatest defensive coach in the history of the NFL, and also happened to have Tom Brady, and they won a whole lot. And the Chiefs won't win as much as the Patriots because that's, you know, the Patriots won 66% of their AFC championships and 66% of their Super Bowls. Yeah. And that's just almost impossible to replicate in, in modern NFL. And right. at the same time, the Chiefs are going to be playing in as many, you know, maybe not AFC championships. They're going to be playing in as many late playoff games as number one and number two seeds over the next decade. They have the same formula that the Patriots have and organizational stability too. I mean, double that down with Andy Reid and uh, Brett Veach as the general manager and an owner who's at least smart enough to just get out of the way and not interfere with personnel decisions. And I just believe in Kansas City a whole lot. And I've had the evidence to support it because they're on their way to a seventh consecutive AFC West title. Yeah. Yeah, you get the predictions I, going. I I do. I but I've been saying this about the Chiefs for years. People on this on the podcast are tired of hearing me talk about how the Chiefs are <laughs> the greatest four year. The the last four years were the best four years any team has had since the early two thousands Patriots. And if not for them throwing up on themselves against the Bengals, they would have gone to three straight Super Bowls, hosted four straight AFC Championship games. Yeah been the one or two seed every single year you know they just right. it's it's they they at one point they won 27 of 28 games that Mahomes started in if you count regular season and playoffs like yeah they 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 were literally unbeatable mm-hmm. and i feel like people didn't appreciate it when it was here or maybe i over appreciate it because of how much i love patrick mahomes yeah 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, these young quarterbacks are really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so many good ones. How about uh, Zappy? Bailey Zappy <laughs> emerging yes, onto Bailey the scene Zappy. as a mere rookie. You know, I mean, I, uh, I, I loved. Um... I loved how I think it was Mike Schur, who's a famous comedy writer from Boston, was basically like Bill Belichick has never been happier than being at Lambeau Field with a fourth string, a fourth round rookie quarterback. And all you have to do is run the football. Bill Belichick has never been more satisfied than that moment where he can yeah. run the ball in Lambeau with a fourth round rookie. He, he's uh the Patriots aren't going to win a ton of games this year, but they're going to win more games than they would have just because of how they scheme and, and the competitive advantage that Belichick brings. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I think uh, the league's looking really good, um, you know, future-wise at the quarterback position. And look at the look at the quarterbacks lined up in this next year's draft. Holy moly. I mean, phew. Uh, Stroud and Levis are all going to be top 10. They're they're about 12 legitimate um, day one, day two quarterbacks. Uh, I, you know, you can go down the list. Like, I know he's not, you know, doesn't have the outstanding arm, but how about Hartman from Wake Forest? That kid is a gamer and a half. I mean, he's crafty. He could be a Brady-esque type player, um, in my opinion. Um, getting with him with the right coach, uh, he is a player. And, you know, mm-hmm. DJ, the kid from Clemson, um, oh, boy, yeah, yeah. what an improvement he's made from last year to this. Um, big, strong kid with a great arm, can run the ball and, I mean, he's on the back end of the list of, uh, you know, right now. I mean, he's going to probably keep moving up um, as the season goes, keeps playing like he's playing. But, uh, but I mean, Bryce Young is, a, is oh, God, is he's just so smooth and so so smart and snappy. And, and uh, C.J. Stroud is, is uh, he, he is uh, – Wow, I mean, got the total package. I mean, Levis, I like a lot. He hasn't quite um, had the season yet that I thought he would, but um, but if he comes on hard down the stretch, I think he's going to make an argument for being a first round pick. Um, and you got all these athletic quarterbacks, you know, um, the kid at Florida, uh, Richardson. Richardson. I mean, he is, he's a factor. Um, I love the kid at Louisville, Malik Cunningham. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's not Lamar, but he's, uh, you know, got some Lamar qualities and he's got a really good arm, um, accurate arm uh, to go with his running ability. He's going to be a sleeper. Uh, um, who's the kid at BYU? I mean, we get to see him oh. this week against Notre Dame. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, what's I can't his remember name? his name, but I know what you I know who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, I mean, Hall is it Hall? Yes. 
Yeah. I forgot his his first name, but I know his last name's Hall. Yeah, Hall is... I'll I'll get it and drum it up right here. Um, He is a... He's a fascinating prospect. Um, is, it, think, is it Jaron Hall? Um, let me see here. It's Jaron Hall. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's he's got some interesting qualities. Um, and then I love this kid, Grayson McCall. Keep an keep an eye out on him. <laughs> yeah. Coastal Carolina. Yes. We um, love Grayson McCall. We love but Coastal yeah. Carolina was our team. Every year we adopt a uh, a group of five team and rally around them. This year it's not technically a group of five team. It's Kansas, but still, like uh, we we always Coastal Carolina was our team a couple of years ago. Yeah, where we wanted them in their teal uniforms and you know crazy South Carolina party city to end up in a New Year's Six bowl game. And ultimately they didn't get it, but. We wanted them when they had a perfect season during the COVID yeah. year to to end up having a bowl game. And every year, Jamie Chadwell, someone should hire him. I don't know why they right. don't, but someone should hire him. This year, I I wouldn't wish <laughs> I wouldn't wish Nebraska upon him, but someone should hire Jamie Chadwell, whether it's Auburn or Wisconsin or yeah. one of these other schools. They probably yeah, we love will. Grayson McCall. Yep, Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. Got he'll he'll pet. probably be next year's draft class, but still, you know, he's eligible and he's a guy who could get drafted in the first two days. But oh, then, he's a first what, round pick. I think yeah, Garrett slam dunk. I know, but he got benched last week, and and you know, there's talks about him entering the transfer portal, and and it, it's looking more like he's going to go to the draft 2020. Th- what is no okay. 2024 all right but i i do he is eligible for the draft this year so he's definitely right. very much in the conversation yeah i like devin leary nc state he's a oh, gamer yeah. um you know the kid from uh tennessee's a fascinating player Her- Hendon hooker mm-hmm. he's got size he's 6'3 218 um he's got wheels got a big arm um he's a talent he might do well to stay in school another year but sam hartman man of course there's max johnson from a&m there's just some fast phil jerkovic from bc um there's just some fast fascinating players in here that jeff sims georgia tech um someone would be very happy to have sam hartman as their backup and that's a pretty dang good insurance plan for any NFL team at this point. Yeah. Remember Spencer Rattler? Oh, of course. Yeah. He's, he's hanging out there in South Carolina. Right. Um, he's going to get drafted. So, you know, it's fascinating how um, talented this league's going to be at uh, at quarterback. And I'm going to predict this. Is it uh, some teams going to be innovative, and um, some team with a franchise quarterback is going to invest in a um, high pick quarterback? 
to have two. They're, they're going to Jordan Love their starting quarterback. That's yeah. what's going to happen. I really believe that because um, of the longer schedule now and, uh, you know, having a having two quarterbacks in your system who can help you to win. I mean, some of these backup quarterbacks, I don't think if, if it comes down to them having to play, I don't think they can keep the keep it going. And um, I think that some teams, if given the chance, I mean, if the draft worked their way where, you know, a really good quarterback was sitting there and was on the top of their board, that they would grab them. Plus, here's the other thing, Kyle, is that um, the value of having a highly coveted quarterback. I mean, you could parlay that pick into multiple first-round picks if this guy's really good. So in a, in a way, you're investing also in the future if you ever wanted to trade him. Um, but I also think that the way that these quarterback salaries are going, it's crazy. Um and something's got to happen there. I, my other prediction was that, a, like, a Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow pulls a Tom Brady and says, no, just give me, a, you know, a modest salary because I want to give the team the best chance to win. And I think that Brady um, has been the poster boy for that. And obviously, and no, it has nothing to do with Giselle. Brady was going to be a multimillionaire his whole life, no matter what. Um, and it has everything to do with Brady wanting to win rings. And, you know, and, and he's smart enough to know if I'm taking up a quarter of the salary cap, chances are you can't get the enough good players in here to win. So, you know, something's going to give there. But, but in the interim, with all these, you know, quarterback contracts going crazy, I mean, look at Aaron, Aaron Rodgers right now. $50 million a year, but he's thrown to a makeshift wide receiver group. And, you know, I mean, he's making the most of it right now, which is great. But And they've got a pretty solid defense on the other side, which helps them win. But, uh, I mean, I – and they've, they've gotten knocked out of the playoffs early the last few years. Um even with Devontae Adams. So, you know, um, you know, it, when is too much, too much? And, uh, you know, so um, it's a fascinating question. And and you're bringing up a point that I think has, has realized that as the salary cap numbers change and the math changes on this, people are realizing that there is another model to succeed beyond just having a star quarterback because of course the star quarterback is worth it. And I will point to general managers and say, do your job better. If you have a $45 million quarterback, you need to find value in places that is not the quarterback, but there is, there is a model that's breaking out, which is what the Eagles are doing, which is Jalen hurts was basically drafted originally with the intention of we're paying Carson Wentz $30 million a year which at the time was 20% of the salary cap. And they basically said, we're going to invest in a good backup quarterback who is only making $2 million a year. And then they turned the team over to Jalen Hurts 
And they basically said with all of this extra money that we're saving, I mean, they had to punt on a season because of the cap situation with trading Wentz. And obviously they made the playoffs. So I'm not going to say like they punted altogether, but they had to take a 30, whatever million dollar dead cap hit to move Wentz. But they basically said, once they got the money, we're going to do everything in our power to just weapons and defense, just spend all this money on weapons and defense because our quarterback only makes $2 million a year. And Jalen Hurts has been an above average quarterback this year to start and, you know, fifth place in the MVP so far and the Eagles are undefeated. And, you know, they're basically looking at that and saying, with this money that we're saving at the quarterback position, we can just go all in on, on defense and receivers and, or I guess weapons within that context. And I think it's a model that like other teams will follow because Miami did the same thing after, after trying to do, (laughs) after trying to get Tom Brady and trying to get Joe Burrow and trying to get Sean Payton, then they finally pivoted to let's do this model of, we have a rookie contract for the quarterback Let's just get tons of weapons and tons of defensive players and sign to Ron Armstead and just like throw money and see what the quarterback can do. And it's going to be more successful for Philadelphia than it is for Miami. But even still, it's, it's a model that other teams could follow with a rookie quarterback who's undervalued, such as Jalen Hurts to a, I will throw Malik Willis in there because I think that Tennessee should pivot because their window is closed and they should just give Malik Willis the two years that Jalen Hurts had with a makeshift roster. And that's a new model that's kind of emerging. Yeah. Um, And I think that's probably going to happen this year at some point if the Titans, I mean, they are, aren't in it but otherwise Tannehill's playing a little better this year starting to pick it up but I I still think at the same time that is always the great dilemma is when do you want to get these young quarterbacks clock started and getting them you know the the playing time and the experience yeah it's a it's always a dilemma Um, uh, Malik pretty exciting player so i'm sure that given any opportunity they'll try to play him and i've never been averse to playing two quarterbacks in a game and giving a you know another quarterback a couple series um but i know a lot of people don't like it but yeah um, i get that it's gimmicky and you know the other question is well no i mean um, it doesn't have to be gimmicky it has to be you're trying to keep a young talent you know like i was saying i mean these young players when you know they come out of college you know haven't played their whole lives suddenly find themselves standing on the sidelines and you know not playing it's there's a psychology to that that can can ruin some of them um and has ruined some of them and uh Go ahead. It's it's doubly frustrating when you're sitting on the sidelines and watching Mitchell Trubisky playing quarterback in front of you. Yeah, now you know Pickett is going to be have Mitch watching him. So, um, yeah, uh, I think that uh, the sooner the better. You know, 
most people say you can't get better sitting on the bench and um you, you know getting these guys going early but giving them a taste and uh at least you know wouldn't hurt yeah here's the way to do it too is you create a little package you know like for a malik willis create a little package for him like four or five plays each week where he can go in and you know just get his feet wet uh could be fun and i i think the fans would love it um i think they would really love it so yeah i mean why not yeah. Plus, i mean run the ball you know he's a yeah. such a dual threat kid um, but I mean, I think teams have to be real, realistic about, you know, is going to make the Super Bowl this year? No way. No way. Given the other teams in, in, in contention, right? Oh, no, no chance. No. They're, they're, no. They went all in on the last three seasons, and now that window is slammed shut. They, after I, that AFC championship run in 2019, they went all in. And yeah. now that window's closed. I mean, they might make the playoffs and be in that one o'clock game that you're talking about, but <laughs> I, I don't think, um, you know, realistically, they've got to know it. They don't, re- especially with Harold Landry out for the season. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough. Um, so we yeah we've done this podcast before, but I'll I'll pose the question to you because I I haven't brought it up with you. What could they get for Derrick Henry if, um, if they were to do it before the deadline this year? What could they get for Derrick Henry? What's his salary? Uh, twelve million this year. I think twelve and a half million next year, and then he's a free agent. I wouldn't think anything more than a fourth rounder. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, the money, the age. Um, the fact that the running back position is so transient and, you know, fillable in the NFL, um, you know, the value at running back isn't now, if you had a team that felt like they were Derek Henry, Henry away from winning a Super Bowl, then maybe you could, a team would give them a third. But they're not going to get oh. a first, and they're not going to get. Well, a I have that. I I think they could get a second plus another pick. That was kind of the the guess Whoa. that I had was a, wow. a second, a second plus a day three pick is what I thought they wow. could get for Derrick Henry because he's still pretty good, and I have the perfect team for him too. Los Angeles. What's that? Rams. Los oh, Angeles wow. Rams. Go go uh, go! Because they got their picks back now for the this year and next year, they can uh, they can load up once again and bring in Derrick Henry. If it's only going to cost them a second round pick for a year and a half, two playoff runs of Derrick Henry, I would do it. And then if I'm the Titans, work to move off of Tannehill's contract this offseason and give uh, give Malik Willis a couple years with uh, Robert Woods and Traylon Burks and. Uh, draft some blue chip prospects, whether it's uh, offensive line, defense, just get blue chip prospects in there to to help Malik Willis and that uh, 
that group of receivers. Wow. Holy cow. Oh, man, I hope that doesn't happen. (laughs) I mean, the Rams should. I mean, the Rams should give up a second and, like, a fourth or a fifth or a sixth or whatever it takes. Just They should do it. I just think it would be so perfect. They get two playoff runs with Derrick Henry. It would be be fantastic. Wow, and I think they're the – they're the exception. They're they're a team that would overpay. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a perfect match, and I think it would be super fun. Yeah. Wow. Not for you, of course, but I think it would be really fun for a football watching standpoint if you put Derrick Henry and Cooper Cup in the same backfield. Yeah, that Rams offensive line though has got some issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so you got to have still the, broken too. What's that? Stafford is still broken too. You know, with the elbow and shoulder that clearly haven't been right since the start of the season. And then you know, I think they like Henderson and Acres. So, um, although the results haven't been there, I guess. Well, is it their fault or the offensive line? And how much more you get from Derrick Henry? But I, hey, listen, I, I think it's a fascinating thought, and I think you're right that if any team would overpay, it would be the Rams. Mm-hmm. I like this. I know it's probably not going to happen, but I mean, it would be super duper interesting to watch happen, and I've kind of like believed in that as the you know i've i've been either very right or very wrong about the titans over the past few years but i i think that's the best course of action for the titans you know staying how about the 49ers doing it Mm -hmm. i i said at the start of the year that uh they were they were the team i thought would win the the nfc west and uh i thought it was going to be with trey lance instead of jimmy g but According to people who are smart football minds, apparently Jimmy G gives them a better chance to win some of these games, which is, you know, kind of surprising to me. But 49ers are great. 49ers are, I mean, health permitting, the 49ers are going to be a fantastic team. And they've got that safety who had the pick six yesterday, who's now what, like the 10th pro bowler they've had on the team in the last three years. Oh, wow. Yeah, they've they've got quite a thing going there. Amazing, they were, you know, one and two coming in. Mm-hmm. They, oh. they can, they can, they can be okay for the Bears' loss. Bears' loss is just one you can chalk up as a weird football result. They're, they're I'm guessing, great. you know, when they were starting, basically a rookie, in Trey Lance, so. Um, but man, Jimmy G played great last night. Yeah, 40, 49ers have been excellent so far this He's season. Number, huh? What is huh? The Rams? I think so. I know they won eight six and, in a row before the playoff game last year. I know that for sure. Eight and one or nine and one. Incredible. Mm-hmm. You know. People say, oh, uh, still kind of rag on Jimmy. I, the guy wins. 
Walter, you know wins aren't a quarterback stat. You know that. You you yeah, know they wins are, are not <laughs> when when your record is thirty two and sixteen and without you, it's like six and twenty nine. <sighs> quarterback Just... is a relevant stat. This is selective facts. The Jimmy G case is a statistical anomaly, and people just choose to point to that as selective facts. It's, it can't be so much otherwise. There's nope. so much more that went into that than just you remove Jimmy G and it all fell apart. One year they were, you know, Shanahan's first season, they had Brian Hoyer and went 3-13. and 13. The year Jimmy tore his ACL, Kittle also got hurt. Uh, Armstead got hurt. Like the whole team fell apart that season, not just Jimmy G's injury. And I, there's, there's so many other factors that were at play. And the 32, the 32 and 16 thing is, you know, Jimmy G's a, at, at his best was a tier three caliber quarterback, especially in 2019. He, he was a top 12 to 13 quarterback in the league. And the past few years, it's been a byproduct of, They've had a really, really good defense and four pro bowlers on offense that are not named Jimmy G with Devo and Kittle and use check and Trent Williams. Like the, yeah, the 49ers but... have Legion of boom levels of talent on that team. Yeah. Well, and Jimmy G gets to be the captain. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> I'm going to argue the other way is that win losses is the only stat. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think if you do what it takes to help your team win, that's invaluable. And the numbers are just all in Jimmy G's favor. I mean, you know, um, and he's gotten them to, uh, to the Super Bowl and a NFC championship game. Um, so it's not just in regular season. So um, I've watched them go to the Super Bowl, not letting Jimmy throw the ball for two consecutive hours. <laughs> and in that playoff game against the Packers, they didn't let him throw a pass for 90 consecutive minutes. They, uh, they, well, they all around Jimmy Garoppolo to win. And maybe that was a mistake. <sighs> that was their mistake. <laughs> I just Jimmy, Jimmy at this point everything with Jimmy has been put out there we're kind of on borrowed time with the the remains of his time in San Francisco and also the 49ers might go to the Super Bowl this year totally totally possible I just I've thrown my hands up in disgust I can't I can't deal with the Jimmy G stuff uh doubled down by the fact that they gave up three first round picks for Trey Lance which they're gonna all three of those first round picks are going to be used and they will have had four starts out of Trey Lance. And I just, you know, I throw my hands up at this point when it comes to the 49ers because those types of bad decisions should be like doomsday scenarios for most teams. And then they just pull this safety out of nowhere who's now going to be a pro bowler. And they have six pro bowlers on defense and four pro bowlers on offense. Well, have you watched uh, the game last night? I did watch the game last night, yeah. It was – um it was it was impeccable job by the 49ers and uh especially that defense which i think is ranked second in the league right now yeah i mean uh, jimmy g was outstanding jimmy g was very good yeah i will say very good he he had the same stat line as andy dalton on say which is very good 
I mean, look at who we was up against. I mean, it's rare when, you know, I mean, that Rams defense is not too shabby. Yeah, the Rams defense is pretty good, and Jimmy Garoppolo played a pretty good game, which I gave him credit for that. Some people look really bad against the Rams defense. He put up 16 points. I guess 13 because one of them came off an interception. So 13 points on offense plus, what was it, 240 yards, a touchdown, no no interceptions, which I think is a big deal. And uh, 49ers played pretty good. The 49ers look like a classic team where they have a very, very good defense and an offense that's good enough to get by. And that's what they were in 2019. I don't know exactly if that's what they were last year, but last last year was kind of a weird playoff run for them. 49ers are a team with a great defense and a serviceable offense, and that might be good enough to win the NFC because I don't think there are any great teams in the NFC. Yep. So, I'd, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, um, I guess I higher on Jimmy G than a lot of people, but uh, I think... I've I've seen a lot of people who are in the same camp as you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, good. So all I hear is Jimmy G. Oh, geez. Um, And um, (laughs) I like... The dude came out on fire yesterday getting the ball to his key players, and um, you know, uh, he set the tone, I thought, and gave him the whole team hope um, right from the start. Uh, oh, this is a guy coming off shoulder surgery, and I thought he looked crisp and um, you know um, focused and dialed in, and wasn't uh, rattled by Aaron Donald. You know, um, a feat unto itself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And- so. Um, on a final note, uh, what is your uh, prediction for the Super Bowl this year? Uh, I don't do that. I don't do predictions. I, uh, I, I won't. I won't put it out. Kansas City. Kansas City will make the Super Bowl, and uh, <laughs> um, the NFC. The NFC. I think there are a bunch of very good teams and no great teams in the NFC this year, which is weird, but. Um, I think, I think there's five teams who all could make it from the NFC, and it's going to make for really interesting playoff matchups because yeah. they all do things that are different to each other. I, I will say I feel about 75% certain I know who the seven playoff teams in the NFC are going to be. I have no idea what order, and I have no idea what they'll match up, the matchups will look like in the playoffs. But I, sure. I, I feel like it's going to be Eagles, Cowboys, Bucks, Packers, 49ers, Rams, seventh team, probably Vikings, I guess. Right. I, 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 I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put down the Cardinals or put down the Saints, but I, I feel like it's going to be the Vikings. Yeah. But that, those feel like the playoff teams in the NFC, and there's just there's so many different combinations. You were spot on about the Eagles. You said at the start of the year they're going to win the NFC East, and and they look excellent. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think they're the best team in the conference by any stretch, but at the same time, 
every team in the NFC has their flaws. <laughs> every team in the NFC has something that you can point to and say, that's something you can take advantage of when the playoffs roll around. Yeah. I, I think as the season goes on, the AFC teams will also will be wary of flaws in each of them. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, what a, what a great season so far. And thanks for having me on. And, you know, we'll keep it rolling. And it's great to have something to do now that the PGA Tour is over. <laughs> you mean you get into the the big sports season? With football we can't have our playoff golf baseball. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, now now cool. your Oakland A's are done, also. But I get a Padres playoff series this weekend, and I'm super excited for it. I get a, a Padres playoff series probably in New York, and it's going to be awesome. Fantastic! Go yeah, get them, Padres. Week- my weekend will this this football weekend. I know it's there's not a ton of great games, but my football weekend will be consumed by baseball this week because it's the second time in my memorable lifetime the Padres will have made the playoffs. Yay! And, uh, I will get to watch them play Degrom and Scherzer in the playoffs on Friday and Saturday. Oh, great, man! We'll enjoy every second of it. Yeah, and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and your uh, your football watching week. Thanks, pal. Until next time. Thanks to the Little Rock on Take It Easy.